You are now listening to Out of the Blank. Welcome to a long foreseen episode of Out of the Blank Podcast with the Sons of History. Right now, we're currently with Dustin Bass. What's up, man? It's good to see you. Welcome back into the blank, I would say. Feels good to be here. Now, I well, I guess we could just get right down to it a little bit. I had a thought because I heard recently that California was going back to stage one again with everything that was going on in the world. Mm-hmm. And it makes me think, is this going to happen everywhere? Is every place going to shut down? Are we going to start seeing people kind of really that can't do it again? Because I feel like, you know, I've talked to some people that are like at my work and everything. And they're like, I just can't like it's I'm still trying to come back from it. And I feel like we just threw ourselves in a complete economic hole. And it seems like we might not even ever recover from that for a very, very, very long time. Yeah. Um you know, the guy who put the modeling together for um, the Imperial College, Neil Ferguson, he said, we're going to pay. And this is like right when he right when he put it freaking out there before really things, everything got shut down. Things started getting shut down. He sort of caustically said, we're going to pay for this for decades. And it's it's absolutely true um, that we are going to pay dearly for this in more ways than just financially. Um, They predicted, you know, I wrote an article early into um, the the shutdown uh, when when pretty much 42 out of the 50 states just did a a more or less just locking things down. Uh, There were were eight states that did not. And interestingly enough, they were all Republican governors. Um, And so I'm going to get to your California question here in a second um but the the health professionals when it comes to psychiatrists and psychologists they were saying the the repercussions from this is not just going to be financial but some of it is going to stem from from financial because unemployment when unemployment rises and this is you can just track this over time from uh, any of any financial crisis that hits from 2008 uh, to the one in the 80s uh, to the Great Depression, suicide and suicide attempts and mental health, all that skyrockets. Um, and, it, and it just is one of those things that is just going to happen with this. Um, and I was talking to some friends uh, a couple of days ago, and I was referencing what Jesus was saying. He's like, no man builds a house without first counting the cost and all of this globally. And and a lot of people will say, well, it's not just America. Everybody was doing well. Everybody made a mistake, um, except maybe for Sweden with their herd immunity. There were a number of countries that, you know, may have uh, not been so restricted, but the, the, the cost counting was not put into place. Um, and California, no, I don't think people are going to follow that trend. Uh, and I think you are seeing, interestingly enough, you are seeing other states that have decided not to be so restrictive actually benefiting from 
the tyranny of California and New York. Because you can look at all of the wealthy people who are in California and in New York, exodus, mass exodus. They're leaving. They're getting out of there. And so this whole absolute lockdown, again, with California, is, is really just a reflection of the type of politics that they play in that state. Um, and for some reason, um, the further you go left, it seems the less you understand about economics and how it works. And when you restrict more, the entrepreneurs leave and they go somewhere else. And that's what's so great about having a country where you have 50 states, but not just that, you have numerous cities and they all sort of do a little bit of their own thing uh, when it comes from an economic perspective, which is why you see a lot of these billionaires leaving to go to one of typically two places, Texas or Florida. There's no state income tax and um, business regulations are very much more loose uh, than in than in places like California and New York. I'm looking at like the diverge of power here between, you know, I, when I was talking to Alan a little bit was on the fact of like every state should have like obviously the representative that tells like, oh, we should mandate by our state regulations because you know best of where you come from. You know exactly what works instead of just having this governed all rule, which we're supposed to be having, but nobody's really listening. But when it comes to like what I mean by the diverge of power here is the fact of, People are like, I can go on Facebook and there's an unemployment like Facebook page. People are crying and complaining that their $600 isn't coming. They're now just getting a regular amount of $200 and $300. I get it. But you're supposed to have a job at this point. They're expecting you. It's been months. So the thing doesn't qualify. But then you see the diverge, which is people that want to go back to life. They want to go back to what they had before. And people that want another second wave that are praying for it. I was getting messages. Do you think there's going to be a second stimulus check? Do you think there's going to be more free money or stuff where I can sit at home and get paid. And it's like, we're all thinking completely different. And now I'm seeing so much of like, what went from political to people yelling at each other and screaming at each other for the seriousness or the less seriousness that they're taking in advance to COVID. And yeah. it all seems like a match to a Kindle fire or this giant thing that's going to start burning a way of beginning us all to separate and turn into these like different societies. We talked about people that still wanted to do like uh, technology and the people that didn't want to go into technology. We all get into these domes with like one cu culture as time travel. The other one doesn't. Well, I look at it now, it's going to turn into a mask or an unmasked society type thing. And it's, it's really, really strange because it ends up turning into China's social economic credit system, which is the fact of you can snitch on your neighbor and you can get like a tax refund or you can get a tax break or you can get yep. all these other types of things. And I'm like, that's what's happening now. So many businesses in my town have literally put up Facebook posts saying you are every I can't believe all of you people would do this. Just try and get us in trouble, trying to get us shut down. You know what? We're not open anymore. Good luck yeah. for the rest of the summer. And it's like, right. we're a summer tourist beach town. So when you shut down during summer, you're getting no money. So they're just afraid because everybody from Florida, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Connecticut, New York, all these places are coming down here and our numbers are just going up and up and up. Yeah, there's, um, so China, and, I wrote about that as well. Like 
we are going to, this is, this is what, and because you said, people are almost praying for a second wave. Uh, and I, I really, I can't wrap my head around that, but I, I agree with you because I, I see it too. Um, it, they seem to get almost like a, a bit of a, a high out of being right for the most wrong reasons. Um, but uh, well, hang on here. Here comes Alan. Here, yeah. He was, he was calling me and he was like, Hey, just join. Yeah. Just pop right in there. So, um, well, well, you said, so China does this social credit system. Um, and so you be a good citizen means that you get more benefits. Yes. Right here he is. Here's the lady of, of the hour. <laughs> Unbelievable, Mr. Gray Screen. Where's your yeah? Where's your video, Mr. It? You could be doing something in the in the background there. Is it not showing? No, sir. No, it's not showing. Unbelievable. There he is. Oh, no, look, don't put it between your legs. You don't need any of that. Thank yeah. you. The people are already scared enough out here. Yeah. <laughs> they don't need another pandemic well alan we're literally talking about a lot of the things that kind of me and you discussed and also me and dustin discussed but mostly on now we're seeing this kind of separation i would say between people where it's like businesses not being afraid to open i would say just on the basis of like if you look at china's social uh credit economic system that they have or you can snitch on somebody and you get like the the government pays you or you can do something it's kind of turning into this like everybody's against everybody and if you don't agree to oh wearing a mask or not wearing a mask if you fall on either side you're considered labeled an enemy rather than just a person with different views uh, yeah, I just dealt with, uh, about an hour ago, I just dealt with an asshole at uh, Half Price Books. Uh, who they, they saw me, I, had, uh, I was off in an isolated area, and I had my mask hanging off one ear, and a girl came and said to me, uh, sir, you need to put on your mask. And I said, I, I said, I thought that was only if I was near someone. They said, no, you need to wear it the whole time. I said, okay. So I put it on, and next thing I know, there's this uh, hippie-looking dude that came around the corner, looked at me, and then disappeared. And everywhere I went, I saw him kind of staring at me. So um, I was walking around near the end, and I had my nose uncovered because I just can't breathe in those damn things. And next thing I know, he's saying, sir, you need to uh, uh, put your mask on. I said, I have it on. He goes, well, you need to cover your nose. I said, well, my nose is covered. He's like, no, I can see your nose. And I was like, all right, well, I'm leaving anyway. He goes, he goes, put it on now. I just looked at him. I, I don't remember what I said to him, but I was just, I was kind of stunned. <laughs> it all went black there. <laughs> it's like. I had the same thing happen at a food line. dollars in this fucking bookstore a year. He muted himself. Yeah, Alan, he muted come himself. on. It's probably for the best. It's probably for the best. Well. I like I had the same kind of interaction happen in a food line. I was actually getting a because my work is right next to a food line. So we make this thing called a peanut butter slammer. It's freaking disgusting, but we have to get bananas for it. So I had to walk over to food line, grab some bananas. And as I'm leaving, there's only one exit with the little sliding doors. This dude's just standing there, an old man. And I'm like, okay, like trying to walk around him. And he just he, he looks at me, starts walking slowly. I mean, slower than a turtle. And 
that man could walk fast. I could tell you that it wasn't like, oh, he's old. No, he could walk. He was purposely doing it slow. And I was like, kind of like behind him, like, oh my God. And he's like, just turned around and goes six foot motherfucker. And I just looked at him and I was like, six foot motherfucker, speed up motherfucker. And he looked at me, goes, oh, go fuck yourself. And I just like walked past him. I was like, you're not going to do shit. And he just like, he just got in his truck and drove off. And I'm like, this is what's happening. It's like, that got me so upset just because on the factor of you see people not following a rule, you see people that want to test people that are doing stuff. It's like, you're dividing everybody. And it's like the same. I wondered what it was. Like, why am I in a store? I'm wearing a mask. I turned around in a Marshall's and I saw a dude not wearing one. And I was like, how the fuck did you get in here if you have to wear one? So you took it off when you got in here? And I asked the woman, I was like, is that so we don't have to have our mask on? She goes, we can't say anything when you're inside the store. So then I reached for mine to pull it down. She goes, please don't. And I just like, why did I feel the need to want to yell at him for not wearing his? And I realized it's rule following. We're yeah. programmed to follow rules. And when someone else isn't following the rules, you feel this need and this urge to pick at them or yell at them and make them follow the rules just like you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, well, that and it, it's it's not just uh, it's just not in not just in businesses. Uh, there was a there was a, a restaurant slash bar called Basu, where somebody filmed it, where people were inside having a good time. Somebody filmed it on their cell phone and uh, started broadcasting it to all the news media. It, it's a headline story on uh, our local channel too. I don't really watch the other channels, but uh, Channel 2, it was one of their top stories. And I was sitting thinking, man, you know, I, I really am starting to understand the uh, the concept of uh, snitches deserve stitches, you know? Um, I, I, I don't know. This, this is like, yeah, like you're saying, following these rules. You better follow these rules or else. And it's like, you know what? Go fuck yourself. I don't, I'm following the rules. If I'm not standing near somebody, I don't need to wear my fricking mask. It's only if I get close to somebody that my little droplets can sit and affect somebody. But don't sit and tell me that I have to sit and wear a mask everywhere I go within a business. I can't breathe in the damn things. Well, glad you're, uh, in good spirits this Sunday afternoon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, what you what did you read a uh, a book on demonism uh, before getting over here? What the hell's wrong with you? Anyways, um, no, I mean we're living in a society where we've been living in a nanny state, but it's it's continuously been the government who has been looking over our shoulders, right? But now. And, and I've been talking about this for, for quite some time. Um, we've had laws put into place that we had no idea were actually in place. And we had no idea how much the Department of Health had actual tyrannical, authoritarian, totalitarian, however you want to phrase it, power over us in the case of a sickness that comes through. And now... Local, state, federal, you know, this is all encouragement, especially local and state governments are encouraging citizens to become the cops, to yeah. become the snitches. And this comes down and it, and it references all the way. And I really wish Alan would, would maybe reference some some history 
uh, in this conversation instead of just pissing off at the mouth. But um, goes back to, you know, Otis talking about the writs of assistance, James Otis talking about the writs of assistance, how like you give this person this little bit of power, which is all encompassing, and there is no end to what they will do with it. And it is the, we're seeing this, and whenever you make a, a comparison between what's happening here in the States and Nazi Germany, people are like, that's stupid. That is stupid. Like, no, it's not, because it is the same exact mentality that is being conducted in the States. You have given the people power, like illogical, wicked power to shut down businesses, to have people arrested, to have children separated from their parents, because you aren't abiding by these edicts that are put in place by these county judges, by these mayors, by city council that supersede. And, and this is what is so mind boggling to me. It's like all of these edicts, all of these rules, they supersede some way, some shape or form. And that's probably why the guy, you know, who didn't have the mask and marshals like to hell with this. Like, this is not going to supersede my civil liberties. Your stupid little rules are not going to supersede. And people, we have been taught from, from elementary school all the way up into um, corporate America, you abide by the rules. Well, the rules are stupid, doesn't matter. These are our rules and you will abide by them. And so people get in line and it becomes Pink Floyd's The Wall. Well, you brought up a good point though. You said something about being like Germany. It's the exact same thing kind of what's happening over there. It, what it is is we're junkies hooked on a fix right now. And the fix is that we're suckling at the teat of our government. Like back in the day, the government didn't have this much power because what they would do is they would give you land. Let me give you land. You know, you can grow your giant farm. You can make lots of money and build amazing property. And then you're like, okay. And then, you know, you take that offer. The next thing you know, the government starts coming in. We're going to be doing this because technically we gave you this land. So you're technically on our property, even though you own it, but it is initially ours. And then they start doing that. It's the same thing that's going on now. We wanted money. We started getting money. We got the relief. And now there's people that don't want to hop off of that. And then they feel like they can sit there and rise up against the government or they can say things, you're doing this wrong, or I don't have to do this, I don't do that. Oh, well, you do because we're giving you money to keep you alive. And that's why like a lot of people that didn't want to fall back into that system and didn't want to bank on a second stimulus check, didn't want to sit there and collect unemployment, even though they had the opportunity to go find another job. I, I, I'm not saying that doesn't mean for everybody. I'm just saying for some people out there, but like, first thing I did as soon as that you know that that thing came up I was like let's go I got to get to work I want to get back into my life I want to start making my own money again I don't want to sit there it's nice collecting free money but then it gets you lazy and then it makes you not want to do anything and then it keeps you mindless and on autopilot and like a little child with no teeth you're sitting there just waiting for the mother to drop off yeah. your food and I think anyone who may have been uh defending the welfare state that we have had over the past 60 years hopefully understands exactly what you're saying this is what happens when you are given money for doing nothing you want to remain in that stronghold you want to remain in that mindset of just give me money as if here's the thing the government has continued to say well you owe us and it's like no only like we do taxes but we don't owe you anything 
like, and now it's, it's, it's sort of the reverse. Like the government is paying us and now people are in the mindset of, I'm going to stay not working. I don't want to work freaking teachers unions. Like don't even get me started. Sorry. Um, they're saying we don't want to work. You owe us. Like, look, it goes back to, you know, what John F. Kennedy said, like, don't ask what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. It's just like, get to freaking work, you know, quit living in this mindset of fear. Do if, if you're going to go so buck wild about defending, you know, these edicts put forth by these mayors and these little dictators in cities and, and states, then at least have the courage to do some research into what is going on with this whole coronavirus, what each state is doing, how draconian some of these laws are, how much people are overstepping their bounds, how much these governments are, these local and state governments are actually just taking the US Constitution and stepping all over it. Look at those. And instead of, and I think Alan and I talked about that in one of the recent podcasts, we're like, we keep, we have continued to say, well, that's happened in another country. That's happening in another country. It's not happening here. Like, oh, well, okay, that's happening in another state. It's not happening in Texas. Or that's happening in another city. It's not happening in Houston. It's just like, eventually, it comes down to, it just gets smaller and smaller and smaller until it's at your doorstep, which is exactly where we are right now. And for some reason, somehow, we have been lulled to sleep. And I don't know if that lulling to sleep has stemmed from being paid off by the government as if we're not going to have to pay that back. Well, you wanted uh, some sort of like a historical reference. Hey, he's back. Yeah, I'm back. Um, you know, the whole thing about, let, I'm going to give you an example of how you have to put a line in the sand early on when the taxes were being imposed by the British against the uh, colonists, the colonists, even though the taxes were very, very low, what they were afraid of was that if you allow the, if you allowed parliament and the British government to get away with a simple three pence tax, then they are not going to stop there. They are going to, you know, using precedent saying, well, look, we have the right to charge the colonists three pence per pound for tea. We're going to add an additional six, six pence for something else. And, you know, that was even though the tax on tea was very cheap. And it would probably be cheaper to buy British tea than it would be to smuggle the tea. The principle was don't give them any leeway because you give them a little bit of leeway, they're going to they're going to slip, you know, even if it's a tiny little door, they're going to open it wider and wider and wider until pretty much they're dictating pretty much everything that you left the old world for. And they're going to run your life. And that's kind of what I am seeing right now. You know, when the whole when the whole shutdown began, they said, "Oh, get what? 2 weeks, 3 weeks, 2 weeks." 2 weeks. Now here it is, it's six months later. Yeah. And we got a bunch of Nazis running around screaming at people to put on a mask, which Dr. Fauci was saying back in March doesn't do you any good. Yeah. And I can 
I can relate to or sympathize, I guess, with the whole, you know, Fauci, Dr. Drew, all these people that are saying it's not that big of a deal. They didn't know. I understand that. But at the same time, when this all started happening, I was I was way on the verge of like, wait a minute, they're telling us to stay inside of our house. And now people are were forcing it. Like my town, they did a thing where it was a fine. It was $5,000 if you were seen after curfew. And it was like, hang on a second. When do I start losing my rights as a person? I have rights of freedom. I don't have to be locked down by any superior force or anything like that. Like they asked you, and that was the guys. The guys was, please stay in your home. It's for the safety. You know, it's only going to be temporary. Then after a while, that temporary looked a lot longer and people were getting antsy to the point where we broke out. We sat and watched TV for a month of just hate and all this stuff going on in the news. And then when we got out, we started some crazy things. We started freaking out. Like with the George Floyd case, I don't want to go dive heavily into that, but the factor of that was a, a spark. Imagine if that would have went completely different. I was listening to a podcast with Joe Rogan. He's talking to Bob Saget about all this, where they're sitting there just watching everything, you know, in the news and everything that's going on. What happens if that didn't happen? What happens if that case, they would have just arrested him and that was it? Nothing would have happened. But we were sat and marinated and pissed off with how people are losing their businesses. It's a whole conglomerate of shit on top of each other that caused people to break out. And I, when Alan was yelling about the mask in the beginning, I stand with him on that, on the factor of, it's not that like, oh, I care that much about wearing a mask, but it's the factor of there's people that are working all fucking day long and they're getting told by people that are Karens to put on their mask when they just want to take it off for a minute to breathe. I think that's where Alan's kind of fighting from is oh, the aspect. Yeah. Is, is no, I, mean, I you, you work all day, and then some person that just got out of the house just decides to go to the store and use some of that unemployment money, and you're sitting there with your hard-earned money trying to buy something, and they're telling you to put a mask on when you're like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, I live in a beach town. It's 12 hours out in the sun all day is most of everybody's job. I have to sit there and try and listen to you, try and tell me something about your account at the gym or something because I can't hear you through a mask and three things of plexiglass? Like yeah. – it makes it a little bit more difficult and it gets ever so frustrating when you just try and take it off for a second, you know, try and get a deep breath or something. And some person that is literally taking the benefits, everything they possibly can, a full extent of unemployment to tell you that you need to put it back on. It starts to turn into, that's where the aggression hits. Like nobody wants to, you know, after a long day of work, do you feel like fighting with somebody about something so stupid like that? No, you're like, fucking leave me alone. Let me get yeah. some food. Let me go to sleep. That's the sh type of shit you want to do. But then it's like somebody trying to give you like, oh, now you need to go do this and I need to do that. It's like, don't fucking tell me what I need to do. Yeah. It, well, it's when I was, at the, uh, I was at the Infinity store, I went to go buy a new phone today. And I am standing behind a glass, glass wall. The lady is, is more than six feet away from me. And I'm sitting and I'm eating these little chocolates. And the lady says, sir, you need to put your mask on. I said, I'm eating chocolates. How am I going to eat chocolate with the mask over my face? And it's like, you're standing, you're, you're eight feet from me. I mean, it's like, do people just not have a life? Well, look at what's going to happen to the future. I was going to bring up inflation and how prices are probably going to change because of the factors our economy has taken a major hit. But then look at the places that you used to go with your family, your friends, your parents, your si whatever siblings. Going out to eat, 
that has completely changed. Getting a drink at a bar with a friend has completely changed. All of these things have completely changed. And if you do get the chance to go out and experience these moments that you're supposed to be creating these memories, you're not even focused on the meal and the fun anymore. You're focused on following the rules of wearing a mask. As soon as you put that piece of food in your mouth, you got to pull the mask back up. You're basically focused on not dying so much that you're not even enjoying the fucking meal. It's like, this is stuff that's going to be lost and stuff that, okay, yeah, the economy hit, businesses were lost, but there's also other things that we're losing that we should be holding, you know, that stuff that we took for granted in the first place. Well, they're, they're, they're just going to keep at it. I don't see the only, the only time that I think that things are going to slow down a bit will be after the election. I think after the election, you're going to see where there's going to be an announcement saying, well, the death rate is about the same as the common flu. So we don't find it necessary to sit and uh, shut everything down the way it is. And they'll, they'll try to bring, I honestly do believe that. If, especially if Biden wins, that they're going to ease up on a lot of the things that's going on right now. Um, call me a conspiracy theorist. It's just how I feel because I don't see an end to this. And now I'm, I'm hearing people saying that we are going to be wearing masks for a very long time, that, um, you know, the way, the way they're shutting schools down, uh, we have in my neighborhood, we have a lot of businesses that are just shuttered now permanently. And it's, I keep sitting saying to myself that the cure or the remedy for this COVID is far worse than the disease itself. I mean, okay, I know people are dying, but these people already have some sort of uh, conditions prior to catching the illness. And I just want to know why aren't they the ones that are being locked away while the rest of us, you know, a quarantine is where the sick have to be locked away. A quarantine is not where the healthy have to be locked away. I think and this, this is, I, I think this is the quintessential moment of our time as Americans. Uh, there is no other way for, that I can see that, that you can put it. This is the biggest test America has faced. And I, I don't know, perhaps ever when it comes to retaining and fighting for just the civil liberties of Americans, not from outside forces, but from internal forces. Abraham Lincoln, I mean, he quoted the scripture like a house divided against itself cannot stand. And this is this is specifically what this is intended to do. Division has already been been taking place from a political standpoint for God knows how long. Trump getting into well, Obama in office when he was in office. Division was getting at, at pretty much the highest rate it had been in a very, very long time. Um, and then when Trump got into office, it has increased dramatically. And the idea is to divide Americans into two parties and into two mindsets. And it's, it's done an incredibly good job. And all of a sudden you realize how many people you notice are buyers into what the government is selling and those who are just not buying into it. And I encourage uh, your listeners, and I have a feeling, bro, that, that your listeners are probably a little bit like us, um, that we're defiant in the mindset of we know 
as Americans, we have certain liberties that maybe a lot of other places don't have, but we have also sacrificed so much to keep them. And I, I just challenge your listeners to say, no, we're not going to live this life. We're not going to do it. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to wear a mask. I'm not going to do some of these things. Now, look, I'm not saying don't wear a mask. What I'm saying is that if you are of the mindset, and you mentioned this earlier, if you are of the mindset that I don't want to wear this mask, this mask is stupid, then don't wear it. The only way that you will lose your liberties is if you do not fight for them. If you do not say, you wear your mask, that's fine, but you're not going to come up to me and tell me to wear a mask. You're not gonna tell me how to wear a mask. You're not going to do it. Neither will I come up to you and tell you to take off that mask. I'm not gonna do it. I'm not going to infringe on your personal liberties, your personal space, so that I can feel like I have some type of power. Like I have this, this knowledge that so few people have. Like, no, you're not, you're not, that's not America. That is Nazi Germany. That is Russia. That is like the USSR. That is Stalin's Russia right there. And for people to be like, no, it's not. Yes, it is. And it is also something called human nature. We never want to be told what to do, but by God, we want to tell somebody else what to do. Literally, um, effective this past Friday, uh, the 7th, um, for, I guess, Baltimore, everything uh, was that you have to wear a mask everywhere. Any, any spot, it doesn't matter if you're outside around some people, you have to wear a mask. Boardwalk, you have to wear a mask, all these public attractions. And uh, it was passed at 6 p.m. It would be effective for, to the continuous until whenever they start to lift it. And I heard that, and some dude um, the next morning, Saturday morning, comes into the gym, and he's wearing a mask, and that's what we're all already doing. And he goes, so I have to keep this on for everything now, even during my workout? And I'm like, what? No, same rules. He goes, didn't you hear last night? I was like, yeah, but it, we've already been doing that, and we've already been wearing fucking masks. They just, made it, they just made another announcement saying wear it again. What did they add? A couple more places that now if you go out on your back porch, you have to wear a mask? Like, I don't understand. There's not really a big difference here. But it starts to go into question. Would have this been easier for us to handle everything? The riots, everything would have been easier to handle if we would have had a good speaker as our president. I feel like if this was put into the hands of Obama to be able to at least talk to the people, we might not have freaked out as much, mostly because he's a very good public speaker in the way that he goes, uh, my uh, fellow Americans, we get to uh, wear a mask and, uh, and it goes like that. But if he would have came out there and been able to say something like that, rather than Trump, where he kind of didn't really know what he was saying, but at the same time, kind of a little bit brash in how he is people would have listened a little bit more and maybe been like, okay, 
we can stay calm, we can get through this, and we can figure out to something else. But instead, we all freak the fuck out. Like, what are we going to do? I need to go to the store and I need to fight for toilet paper. I need to fight for red meat. I need to fight for everything they're telling me there's a shortage of because we're never going to have it again. It has turned completely to digital age where it has led into cards, which I'm not a fan of. Nobody's taking cash anymore. So it's like, all right, so we just lost our right as to be, to, we're, we're now a cashless society. And it's like, now they have every single one of your things. Every time I make a purchase, I get an email immediately. Well, thank you for your recent purchase at this. I'm like, why the fuck do you have that much power? It's like, you have me in your fingertips to like, you know, when you go to a clothing store, can I get your email? Why the fuck do you need my email to buy a t-shirt? I um, So going off of like uh, having, a, having a good speaker, I mean, like Trump is, is not presidential. Um, he's a businessman and he's a really good businessman. And so he, he knows what he's doing uh, when it comes to that. And he also, like I said, like the division in this country is, is what it is. Um, preemptively, there are so many people, who, it's a 50 50 thing to an extent, like it's either you love Trump or you hate Trump. And so you're going to have people who hate Trump, regardless, regardless of what he does, even when he does stuff that benefits them, they hate him for it. So I don't think that him speaking uh, in, in a certain way in an Obama Imlich type of method would have helped at all. I think that another and, and I know Alan referenced, he's like, I don't, I'm not in the conspiracy. I don't want to be conspiratorial or anything. But I would like to assess quickly, and for people who hate Trump, people who love Trump, it doesn't matter uh, to me, but I think we should look at what has happened since Trump has gotten into office, regardless of the things that he has done. When he got into office, a woman uh, who is a lawyer and who is highly respected within the Department of Justice, Rosa Brooks, wrote an article, and I think it came out the month, either either January or February of 2017. Um, she said three ways to get rid of Trump. Use the 25th Amendment, which means you're not fit for office. Impeach him, which... They tried, and they also have been, they pushed that 25th Amendment for God knows how long. Impeach him. They tried, impeached him, did not convict. And the third one was, and she even said, I, I have a hard time believing that I'm even saying this, but a military coup. So, and this is exactly what has been happening, which is why you see a lot of these former generals who are speaking out against him, even Jim Mattis speaking out against him, which goes against the military order. You don't, even when you are retired, you do not speak ill of the commander in chief. And so this, so you had the 25th amendment, you had all of these things coming up. You had Russia collusion for two years. Um, you then, right after the, the Mueller report came out and all that fell apart, you had the Ukraine phone call. And anyone with, with half a political science brain looks at that and says, 
that's not a, that's not an impeachable offense at all. If that is an impeachable offense, then we might as well institute the Articles of Confederation and make the executive completely weak. Um, you had the Ukraine situation, and all of a sudden you have this pandemic take place. And it's just like, among all the other nonstop critiques of President Trump. Um, so this has been, this has honestly been a fight against Trump uh, from the, from the get go, from, from the, from the higher ups, from the elite in academia, from the elite in the, in the military, from the elite in, in politics, this has been a fight against someone who is so against the grain. <laughs> I mean, he has been against China well before he even got into office and no one was talking like that. The things that the Clinton administration allowed, the things that the Bush and Obama administration allowed with, with China is, I don't see it. You could, you could pin it on treason almost. The things that they allowed to take place under their guard, allowing state secrets to be taken, allowing spies, Chinese spies to come in and almost do whatever you want without recourse. And so you have a president coming in and saying, all right, we're changing everything. We are not going into the globalist mentality. We're getting out of the Paris Peace Accord. We're getting out of the Iran uh, nuclear deal. And it's just, he has gone so far against everything that was moving like a freight train in one direction, which is why the whole Hillary Clinton, like they anticipated Hillary Clinton will be president. There was like a handful of people who were like, Trump will be president. And whoever said that was laughed out of the building. So sounds like your dog's saying preach in the background. Yeah, this dog is acting. I'm I'm babysitting my friend's dog, and this guy, like, he goes nuts. Can you hear that really loudly? That's sorry, but I what I, I do want to bring up something is <laughs> we looked at America as this this Captain America figure with a million bricks on their chest of whatever their armor, whatever their military uniform, where it looks like they're one block away from a complete Tetris win. So now we're like, we're talking shit on our own country because we don't have faith in it anymore. We don't have the respect that we used to have for it. Back in the day when you would have said like, I'm from America, it would have been like red, white, and blue burgers, all these types of things that are considered American. Now we're completely flip-flopped where if you say the word America, you immediately think a place of shambles, a broken down building. And I'm trying to figure out because Zoom is only going to let us go on for another five minutes is the factor of what's a way to fix this? What is a way that we can start having faith in the people that we were supposed to have faith in? What's a way of claiming our rights as individuals and being who we're supposed to be and not feeling controlled? Because honestly, after this whole situation, I went from feeling like I had control in my life to not having any control whatsoever. And I don't know if that's ever going to go away. Now that I realize how much of a minuscule thing I have in my own life compared to, like I even hear motivational speakers talk about like, oh, grab your own wheel and do this and that. It's like, it's cool. 
but you don't really have the power here. If somebody wants to come into your home and arrest you for something, they're going to do that. What is a way to fix that? And they consider like the Stanford prison experiment, the one I talk about, um, I've mentioned to you, Dustin, the one that's considered failed. It's not failed at all. It still worked even on the factor of them knowing it was an experiment. It's happening now. When you put people that shouldn't be in power in power, you get people that abuse the shit out of it. Yep. Alan, you want to take that? No, go, no you go ahead and take it. You sure? Yes. I think it, it comes down to us as individuals saying that's enough. That is the only way. The founders, the founders said the only way that this constitution will remain is if the people want it, which is, you know, the, the famous statement by Benjamin Franklin, once he got through with the Continental Convention was, I gave you, we gave you a republic if you can keep it, if you can keep it, we're not doing a good job keeping, it. we've not done a good job of the past 125 years of trying to keep this thing. We've done a slowly but surely porous job of trying to keep it and from just terrible things that we've done 1913 was a terrible year uh, i posted that the other day and a lot of people were thinking um world war one i'm like world war one hadn't even started yet you know but 1913 we implemented the 17th amendment which got rid of the way that we voted in senators which was the state legislators did you know put in the senators and we put in the Federal Reserve Act, Federal Reserve Act. The powers that be, and this goes right back to, look, there is a globalist fixation, like the, the UN and, and, the, and, and Davos and all that. Like these guys want it. It's the new world order. And people are like, oh, that's when George Bush, didn't he say that one time out of, out of hand? Like, no, no. Nixon had said it. Freaking George W. Bush had said it. Uh, Joe Biden is like the big names have been saying new world order. Like it's a whole globalist mentality. And like America does not fit in that unless you get rid of the constitution. And it's been a slow push. And now it has been fat put on fast forward and you've got Democrats almost in large and mass saying, we also need to get rid of the electoral college. So it's the only way it survives. The only way this country survives is if you and me and Alan, if he's got time um, to just stand up and say, that's enough. That's enough. We are no longer taking this tyrannical route. Yeah, problem is, is that we now he wants united. to say something. You got less than a minute, man. Well, hold on. You know what? I'm going to send you guys another invite if you guys want and we can continue on to another discussion because i feel like this should go a little bit longer just so alan can express himself too that's fine as soon as yeah, he gets off facebook that would be great yeah i'm not do on have, facebook do you have time Idiot. to be with us <laughs> look i'm gonna send you guys another invite to be continued listeners we were kind of going on about how the constitution you know dustin was saying Okay. Was it not really get yeah. rid of it, but kind of, it seems like, cause me and you, Alan, have kind of talked, we actually talked for four hours. Technically we did two recordings of two hours long and one got deleted by zoom. And then we had to do a second one, but amending the mm. constitution, for instance, you know, changing it up, kind of adapting it to a new way that we are living now. It seems like we're running by old ways, but nobody wants to follow those old ways anymore. 
Well, you know, but this is the reason why they created a constitution. You can change laws as time goes by. But the reason for the constitution is so that in the future, and why they made it so difficult to amend the constitution, is so that if a majority of people who are, say, stupid, has a majority of the vote, you don't want them to just change everything and take away rights of other people. The Constitution was etched in stone for a reason. Yes, we do have the amendment process, but again, what is it? You have to have three quarters of the states, and then um, I don't know if it's the Senate, two thirds of the Senate or three quarters of the Senate. They made it very difficult to amend the Constitution. The reason is, is because of like what we are seeing today. What we're seeing today are people who sit there and think that you know we need to get rid of the Constitution. We don't need a Second Amendment. The First Amendment. The First Amendment is not necessarily your right to free to speak, because if you're what you're stating is hate speech, then you have then you shouldn't even have a right to speak. And hate speech could be, I, I mean, I was called by a friend that I, I've been friends with him for 30 some years th since high school, calling me a white supremacist because of some of my views, which I found kind of ironic because, you know, he knows I'm not even of any European blood. I'm of Arab blood. So I don't know where the whole white supremacy thing came from. But what we've got ourselves in a situation and this is where he brought up about people being united and unified, which is where we are not right now, is that the whole, you know, for 60 some years, they have been pushing a new narrative about America, that the founding of America was bad. We, we killed the Indians. Uh, we were based on slavery. Uh, we, you know, we we took away lands from from these people we took away lands from from those people and yes if you don't know the history of of civilization or the history of the world i can see how some people can come to that conclusion which is why they don't teach history but if you know the history of civilizations you know the history of colonialism which has been going on since the beginning of man I mean, if you read Herodotus's book, The Histories, you know, Persia was sitting and invading everywhere it went. And it would absorb these lands. And these people now were under, were subjected to the king of You have the, the Athenians did the same thing. You had the Romans doing Egyptians. So it's always been just a natural way for the, the powerful country to expand itself. That's what was going on in the 1700s and in the 1600s, where European powers, Spain, Britain, France, uh, the Netherlands, uh, were, were, were kind of pushing their way through North America and South America. And, um, you know, when, when it got to, let's say, Mexico, me the Mexican people were not a united people. This is why they were so easily defeated in the uh, the American the Mexican American War. The people were not united, and the land that Mexico inherited was land that was part of the Spanish Empire. So they they acquired all this land, which 
really wasn't even theirs to begin with. A lot of those lands were, were Indians, you know, the Native American Indians. Um, they controlled all the land. Mexico acquires the land because they, they defeat Spain in the revolution. And now they've acquired all this land from Spain and they don't know how to run it. They, there's no infrastructure, there's nothing. When you had American settlers going in and the Mexican government was too uh, unstable to help them with any type of infrastructure, they naturally, even though they left the United States, you know, like the people of Texas, they naturally looked to the United States to build their infrastructure, to build because they were getting nothing from Mexico. So, you know, that, that's how, say, the, the, the Southwest ended up becoming part of the United States. But if you don't teach how and why and what, then all you see is we stole land from Mexico. And that's all they think. And all, you know, you know, the, the lands that from, you know, if you read a little bit about the pilgrims and what went on after the pilgrims arrived, um, there were programs and laws in place to protect the Indians from selling too much of their land to the uh, European colonists. But, you know, the, the Indians wanted and needed things that the, that the colonists had, you know, like metal pots, cooking pots. They wanted those. They wanted uh, flint uh, muskets. So they didn't have money to give to the colonists. They got it in exchange for land. And granted, yes, it, it accumulated and accumulated to the point where a lot of the Indians started to realize, hey, you know what, we're giving away too much of our land. And then you had these wars. And the colonists always came out on top. More land was, more land was acquired. So, you know, and, and I've heard people sit and say that we intentionally or the colonists intentionally spread smallpox to wipe out the Indians, which is another BS line because the smallpox and typhus and all the other diseases that came from Europe were brought on accidentally, exposure. And, it, and they didn't have a cure for it. They, they were not inoculated. They got wiped out. And then we, yes, we, you know, the colonists took over the land. So without knowing that information, you automatically think that all the colonists did was come in, commit genocide, steal the land, and that's that. And that's what America is all about. And that's what they've been teaching kids today for the last 60 plus years. Is that what, that is what America, that's how America was founded. Um, well, throughout the whole, all these episodes I've ever done with this podcast, the one thing I really started to notice was how many people were advocates of things, of learning your own history. And when I mean learning your own history, it doesn't mean your roots or where you're from or all these other things. It's more about the stuff they don't teach you in the textbooks, the stuff they don't teach you about in the education system, the major details, like Alan, we were talking about in our episode of the factor of so much information is being left out. Why did this lead to that? You learn about the basic stuff and the things they want you to know but what about the other stuff that led up to those things the right. things that went after that and which really brings in like if you want to get into the conspiracy side uh, i'm going to do this for your entertainment dustin is, is is more on the aspect of like if the, when the government did this whole stay in your home type of thing and now we look at how the education system is going to be in the future more of zoom meetings maybe not really being in person not learning this stuff 
was it a way for them not to really be able to question a lot of the stuff the government does? Because once you start finding out about our history, you start being like, that's not right at all. That's not what I wanted. That's not what we learned in school. I think it's now becoming a point where we all sat on our phones and started finding articles about things and why so many people are about the secret history that people should know. It's because now you have the time to go find that stuff yourself. It's out there, but they don't ever express you to go find it. And now that we're learning about it, we're starting to realize this thing that we held as red, white, and blue, so strong and true is not so strong and true. And you mentioned the fact that like, being united a little bit we're not united and when we are united it's over a terroristic attack or it's over each other fighting each other that's what it is we unite to fight each other oh he's not wearing a mask oh he's wearing a mask pick a side pick oh he's not following the rules that's the only time we can come together when did that come and you quoted one of my favorite quotes of all time by abraham lincoln and i think it's when i met with the speaker thing it's having that speaker, having someone that sees the shit and is talking to you as an equal rather than talking to you like a supreme force or talking to you like I'm the head of, you know, everything. I own everything. You all have to listen to everything I pass. I could say you have to fart with your butt cheeks closed. You'll have to do it. It's coming from a perspective of educating yourself, learning a little bit more. Because once you start doing that, that doesn't just fall down to history textbooks. That falls down to empathy. Have more empathy for others. If somebody is having trouble breathing and you want to force them to wear a mask, maybe you should think how that person, what they're going through, what the things they're doing. And it's not just a mass debate. That sounds, have you ever seen that on Facebook? A bunch of people say mass debate. They speed it up real fast. It says masturbate. Entertains me. Um, <laughs> I've heard, uh, I, used to do, I used to do debate in high school and People would say, oh, you're a master debater. You're a master debater. And, uh, but when you look at all these things and all these little bitty, bitty fights and all these things, these giant outcries, and you see literally a nation that is crying, there is podcasts out there that review America and just laugh and make fun of it. Yeah, that might be another country. But it's just like if somebody picked on a sibling of yours, you could have a fight with your sibling that day and never want to talk to them again. But you see somebody else fucking with your sibling, you step up because you protect your own. Same thing with our nation. We still have that. We can sit here, talk trash on America. But if somebody from the UK comes in here or from another country comes in here and says something about America, we immediately get defensive because this is our home. Let's Half keep the country does that. Not not not, not now. That's yeah, done. We're, we're finished with that. What's a way to get back to that? Because if you're not, I'm not worried about me. I'm not worried about what's going on right now, how I'm going to learn how to live. I'm worried about how future generations are going to live. And There's I know two that's, ways. okay. There's two ways that that's going to happen. One is it's, it's a long, long-term process where we have to get rid of all these left-wing uh, advocates out of the education system, out of the entertainment system. I mean, movies, TV shows, there's, there's this push of this liberal leftist agenda. Um, you have to go into the education system and reteach. You have to teach history. Yeah. You have to teach history. And you have to teach history not only what happened, but what led up to it. And, and what also, led up to the events. Okay, you know, it's like if you're going to sit and you're going to talk about D-Day, 
you don't talk about D-Day just out of the blue where, oh, the United States and Canada just bombed the shit out of France, invaded it, and killed hundreds of thousands of innocent Germans and French, which is how they're doing it today. No, you have to go into the background. Why were the Germans in France to begin with? They, they, that, that's ex my, my, I told you my family, uh, my family is from the Middle East. Yes. Um, there's a, they came from Lebanon. Now in 1982, Israel invaded Lebanon. Prior to 1982, there had been seven years of war in that country, civil war. And it destroyed so many buildings, so many towns. There were already at least 100,000 Lebanese who were dead prior to the 1982 invasion by Israel. But when you had these jackass reporters and journalists show up in Lebanon to cover the 1982 invasion, they would see all the destruction in all the towns, not knowing that it had been there for seven years, but they would report it saying, look what Israel has done. Look what Israel is doing right now to these poor, innocent Lebanese and Palestinians. Not once bothering, and, and I'll tell you, for me, it was, this is when I knew that journalism was not, um, they weren't telling the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. They were, they were providing a narrative based on what they went with. So without explaining what had been going on in Lebanon for the past seven years, you didn't understand that all the destroyed cities had been already destroyed prior to the 1982 Israel invasion. They never explained it. So when you don't explain some of the things that the United States did, you know, um, you know why, why we fought some of the wars that we did, then you're, you're not going to get the whole perspective or the whole understanding of why things happened the way they did. So you're, then your Howard Zins are going to come in into the world, and they're going to persuade an entire generation. And you know what? just one generation it has been several generations so how do you fix it there are two ways to fix it one of them i said all that you have to say this <laughs> well no i mean no there's two ways you either have <laughs> a re you, you know read redo the whole education system and it's going to take several generations to fix that's one the other way is you're going to have to have a civil war and you're going to have to treat it the way Spain treated. Hey, I'm sorry, but I, I don't see any other way. But in uh, the, from the 36 to 39 war, Spain was in a civil war. And it was, it was a total war. And there was no quarter given by whoever the victors were. And Alan, so Alan's going to start with that. <laughs> he's going to start that civil war. With that guy he met at half price books. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, he's he's on my list. That guy's on my list. There, there's no, there's you're not going to have the unity. Do you remember the unity we had after? Yeah. How how old are you? Twenty two. Okay, so you're twenty two. All right, so you don't remember nine eleven then. I I I was in school when it happened, but what I'm saying is I I, I remember What's the. School? What? What? You wait, say? you wait. You're you're 22 years old right now. I was born in 97. Are you 22 years old? 
Am I 22? He's 22. Yeah. yeah. What, he's what, about, to be, more than he's about to be 23. I'm 22. About to he's be gonna 23. He's going to be 23 soon. Yeah, I'm going to be 23 soon. I'm 22 and three quarters. Who's, I mean, who's do you math? remember who's that? Math? I don't Look really remember okay. exactly what was going Who on. But united. I, the whole country. I re- was united. I, I know. That's what I'm – that's I, what losing, my example – that's what my example always is, is the fact that we come united when it comes down to a terroristic attack. But why does it have to take to that point? If you look at what's going on when this whole thing first started, it was like fucking I am legend. Uh-huh. Walking out onto the street was there's nobody. It's like you saw little dust balls rolling across the fucking road. Everybody, every store was like bare dry of everything, all the essentials. If you came to this place, we thought it was a legit zombie apocalypse. And if there's a cure for COVID that comes out, I want to watch somebody else take it before I take it. Because that's how the freaking zombie movie started with I am legend and Will Smith. People got the cure for cancer, zombies happen. But mm. it goes down to a factor of like, why does it take something to threaten all of us or it has to be an opposing force that come out and attack us? You say a civil war. Okay, well, let's but, not start that in our own country, is, though. Well, I, th- I think, Alan, I think, here's, here's one, the, Alan, right Alan, now, we, Alan, we're under attack. Okay, fix I, your... I, I don't Fix audio. your freaking fix your freaking audio before you keep talking with all this clicking stuff. I'm not yeah. gonna I'm not putting up with it. Unplug I'm just your not headset. gonna put up I'm not it. doing anything. <laughs> Unplug your it's cause he's so easy. What, what I wanted to say real quick was what I want to say real quick is, is that right now we're under attack from China. And half the country is blaming Trump for a worldwide panic. How I don't understand. Obama was president. If he did the things that Trump did, where he, he uh, stated that if you're from China or coming from Europe, you can't. I got I got to ship you some headphones, I'm brother. That. Alan, Alan, here, do this. Use your sign language throughout I, the rest of the show. I can't even hear anything now. Yeah, go ahead and go ahead and knock this guy off the show. This guy's trash. You're good. This I'll, I'll mute him. <laughs> what do you want to say, Dustin? I muted him until until. I honestly just want to say that to him. I want to, I would love to be over there so I can beat the hell out of him. <laughs> Alan, I, I have yeah. you muted, but when, just unplug your mic and plug it back in. It might be a little connection thing between your mic exactly. and the phone. But um, seriously though, like if but we look I, at- I think I think what you were what you were asking, like why does it take something like this? What is one of the what is one of the only ways? Like how do people wake up for work in the morning? They set their alarm. They have to have something external to wake them up. And I think sometimes that that comes to the point, like here in, in the US, like we get really lackadaisical, we just get really complacent with just our own lives. And all of a sudden, a wake up call comes out of nowhere. And we're like, it's time, it's time to wake up. 9-11 was, was that thing that brought us together. But at the same time, it was also a very sinister moment in time in American history, because as much as it brought us together, and I I mentioned this to some friends the other day, I go, we keep hearing this whole phrase, new normal. This is the new normal. This is just the way it's going to be. It is a precedent, a verbal precedent, a mental precedent being set for us to go ahead and accept that. And that is exactly what they did in 9-11, which was an attack happened, and we already had less than a month later the USA Patriot Act written up, ready to go. And it was voted in almost unanimously. 
the USA Patriot Act, which was by far the most restrictive method to restrict our, our civil liberties. I was like, go back to how it used to be when before 9-11 and you'd go to the, to the airport. How was it? There was no, there was no fear. There was no um, looking around at, at anybody of, of Arab descent and being like, oh man, you know, it's just like you went in, you, you walked your family up to the freaking gate. Uh, parents were able to go into the airplane and if their kid was going by themselves, they'd sit them down in the airplane and be like, okay, stay and, you know, have, have fun on the flight. And then your dad's going to be on the other side or your aunt and uncle is going to be on the other side and whatever. Now, everyone lives in this mentality of fear and you got the freaking TSA who's fantastic at their job. But this is like, this is how we think, like, this is security. This is freedom. And, and the excuse is, well, they did that to protect us. I'm like, terrorism did not start on 9-11. Terrorism had been going on for centuries. And all of a sudden, 9-11 takes place. And what happens? It wasn't just a change in the U.S. It was a global change. That became our new normal. And guess what? We've never stopped doing it. And now it has become part of our everyday routine. This is just a life that we have accepted. Same thing that's happening with this right here. There are people who are going, who have been saying this is our new normal, and this is going to be accepted long-term. Will people wake up to this? Will they finally say enough is enough? Like we've got to get our country back? I don't know. I think Alan makes an extremely valid point something I've been saying, you know, for quite some time is like, if you have a country of citizens who hate their country and think that their country was built on diabolical means, then you are going to have a people who want to tear it down by the roots and then get rid of the roots and rebuild it. And he mentioned leftists. This is not Democrats, people on the left, leftists of the leftist ideology, of Marxist ideology. And whenever you say Black Lives Matter is founded by, you know, the organizations founded by Marxist, people are like, how dare you say that? I'm like, well, it's true nonetheless. And when you have people who advocate for tearing down the system, a system that they have been misinformed and miseducated on and indoctrinated in a different way, there is no other, there's no other expectation for them then, or for you then to say, yeah, they probably do want to turn it, turn it upside down and destroy it because they don't even understand why it was instituted in the first place or how it was instituted. So miseducation has destroyed this country. And the only way to do it is not just civil war, because you can have a civil war and then still have people highly miseducated on, on their founding. I think it just comes down to, you need to know the process of this country coming into existence and why, why the founding fathers put together the Declaration of Independence, the Articles of Confederation, and then the Constitution, and then the Bill of Rights. Why did they do it? And without understanding why, then you won't care if it goes away. It goes right back to the 1936 Constitution of the USSR. You can have it on paper, but if the people have no power to enforce it, what does it matter? And if your government is going to just 
disregard it, it doesn't matter. Which is why um, I wanted to have you guys both on the show. I told you one of this episode. So I think what you guys are doing is very important. I think um, educating people, especially when a lot of people, it's really hard for us, you know, extremely being tired based on work and all this other stuff to be able to go and find the information, look up articles yourself, history, all these types of things. You guys are doing the people a service by being able to do that and kind of narrow things down too. I mentioned to both of you, a buddy of mine, you know, I'm wearing a shirt right now from Farmstead Foods. Uh, Bobby Dumont, he listens to you guys. He loves it. And he messages me like, that was the great episodes because of the fact you cut through the bullshit. So much of him being a business owner, trying to get through everything. And I've talked to many business owners and I always mention how hard it is for them because they're running off a system and the system seems like it wants them to fail. Now they fell out of place of the system and now they can't get back into a spot. They don't know what this new this new lifestyle is, it's extremely hard on business owners now, no matter if you're a brick and mortar or no matter if you're a mobile place. And when is it going to turn into the point like we're getting to a point now where it's just monopolies are going to end up taking over. Everything's going to be delivery. If you don't own a food truck, it's all Amazon. It's all groceries getting brought to you from major corporations where mom and pop shops are going to go out of business. I literally said Netflix planned it perfectly with releasing all these amazing movies and TV shows right when fucking COVID hit. I was like, that was ironic as shit. Now people have stuff to binge and keep their attention. Exactly. We've replaced in the world creativity for branding. And when that goes down to that, when you give up that, you give up your free thinking, you give up all these other types of things, you just stay on this mindset of doing the same thing over and over and over again. And you're never going to look up and educate yourself on anything. Yeah. Honestly, man, that is the goal. America is built on entrepreneurship. And People from other parts of the world want to come here to start their own business, to have the freedom. Because whether people understand this or not, entrepreneurship is the ultimate freedom. It is equivalent to having, like you said at the very beginning of the show, your own land and you working the land. If you work the land and you're successful, guess what? You live. Your family stays alive, right? But it's up to you. It's up to you if you want to work that land and survive. So here in the U.S., with this coronavirus, before the coronavirus hit, business was booming. And that was one of the staples of the Trump administration was business was booming. People who couldn't stand, and I've talked to a number of them. I've got friends who don't like Trump, and that's fine. But even they were like, can't stand him, but man, he's been good for business. If you could take out businesses, small entrepreneurial, small businesses, then you, it comes down to who's, who's running it. Just the big ones, just the monopolies. So you're only going to have the Walmarts and the Targets and the big chain grocery stores so you're just going to have a few, a couple of options there. It eliminates the free market enterprise. It eliminates, you know, which, which is competition, which ensures that you get a better product. And it also ensures that, hey, I have the freedom, one, to set my own hours, to run the business how I want to, and have my own economic freedom to 
close my business for a week or two or a month and say, I'm going on vacation with my family. I, 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 I answer to myself. But if you eliminate that, which is what is happening, and you, you mentioned this earlier, that a lot, of, a lot of the places in your town are shuttered. Like, they're not, they're not coming back. And that is happening so much. And people have to understand that means freedom leaves too. Because if you don't have the ultimate freedom, which is running your own life, how you see fit and being self-sustaining, then the ultimate freedom is, is not there. You will always have somebody above you. You'll always have a Jeff Bezos that you got to look up to and, and, and beg for a raise. So I think that this is leftists are anti-business, small business. They are anti-private property. And that's exactly what is, what is going on here. People decry this stuff. They don't want people to have their own private property. They don't want them to be able to run their own business because it comes down to control. And I know I mentioned like the, the Davos and the UN and all that stuff and the globalist mentality, but dude, honestly, like eventually you got, <laughs> eventually you have to just stop saying that's not what that person meant and understand that when they freaking say what they're saying on the world's biggest stages, they mean it a lot it's really it really makes me think of that movie where terry cruz is using gatorade to water the crops like i really don't want it to get to that point where we just are just going to turn into like let's put a celebrity in office the whole entire time and see if that gets the answer because we looked up to celebrities instead of back in the day when your role model used to be superheroes you know people that you really wanted to look up to people that had things that couldn't let you down or didn't have the opportunity to let you down. And now we're trusting people and people are tend to be filled with flaws, but it brings up to the major point is what's the price for freedom. There obviously is one. And it seems like we've given up that because it must be too high. And I'm trying to understand it a little bit more and more and listening to you guys and you know, just trying to be a little bit, I would not say stay woke, but, you know, be a little bit more aware of what's going on because like I used to be like anti-politics and anti-everything when it comes to just, I just want to live. That's all I want to do. But then once I started realizing that I have a small control in my own life compared to the big picture of things, that's when I wanted to take hold of it. Yeah. What is the price of freedom? Uh, I think it's probably three things. I think it's, it's hard work, it's injury, and it's death. Those are, the, those are the three costs. Those are the three prices of freedom. But one of those three things are probably going to happen to you. You're going to have to, one, you're going to have to work hard to keep your freedoms. And that means possibly just working hard, possibly getting injured, possibly dying. It's happened over the past 240 plus years in this country. Those are the prices that you must be willing to pay in order to retain your freedom. If you're not willing, if you're not willing to die for it, then people are going, powers that be will push you to the point of how far are you willing to go to retain your freedoms. And if you're not willing to die for them, and I'm willing, I'm willing to die. I, I'm willing to die for, for two things. One, I'm willing to die for Jesus Christ first and foremost. Secondly, I'm willing to die for my country. If that means, you know, 
putting me down, then that's what it, that's what it comes down to. Because it's not about me and Alan, I know feels the same way. It's not about us. It's about if next generation, if they, if we don't retain what we can for them, they won't have it. I don't have kids, but I got a niece and nephew that I love dearly. And I want them to be able to grow up in, in, a, in, in the country that, you know, I loved growing up. I grew up in the 80s and the 90s, man. God, I loved you know, I loved growing up just, and I want them to have that same thing. And what I'm seeing right now is like, what a miserable time to be a kid. Alan. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with what I heard from y'all because uh, for majority of what y'all were talking about, it was hard to hear what y'all were saying, but um, yeah, I mean, you know, I grew up in the seventies and it was a good time. We were all a united people. There were some differences. Uh, at the time, we just had the Vietnam War. And that that really did divide much of the nation. But, you know, anytime somebody, say, threatened this country, we, we did get united. You know, I, I mentioned uh, briefly that, you know, in my in my opinion, we we are under attack from China. Um, I, I do believe China did much of this intentionally, uh, or at least they didn't try to stop it, especially when they allowed their people to leave the Wuhan province to go fly out to Europe. And if you look at how but the when disease I hear, seemed I to hear be controlled a today, what's that? I said, if you look at how the disease uh, technically looked like it was controlled and modified a little bit, it seems like that's why it adapts uh, so well. Well, you know, there was uh, uh, one of the students here talked about this viral letter that was an open letter that uh, some lady lost her husband to COVID. And I think they diabetes, but who did she blame? She blamed Governor, but she blamed Trump. She blamed people who didn't wear masks. And as I'm listening to this crap on TV, the first thing that came to my mind is, why aren't you blaming China? Why aren't you blaming China, you stupid idiot? This is not I, about you. This is about the whole country. I can't wait till you listen to this so back, Alan. It's difficulty <laughs> having much faith in the American people right now. I can't wait to listen to his back. You're gonna be like, "What's yeah, wrong I, with my headset?" Yeah, all right. He, yeah, I, I he even hear you for some. He doesn't have time to hear us. So, yeah. Well, God bless you, Alan. You guys have both given me uh, more than enough of your time. Um, please, Dustin, since Alan is incapable right now because he's got some technical issues, would you please promote the Sons of History and also his show that he does on his lives? Yeah, definitely. Um, so. Every week we put together a, we have a weekly podcast. Uh, you can listen to it anywhere, pretty much anywhere. Um, Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, Google. Uh, it's the Sons of History. Um, weekly podcast comes out every Monday morning at 6 a.m. Um, we're also on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, we have a Twitter handle, but I, I, hardly, I hardly use it. Um, Alan actually does a Tuesday night history live show on at 9 p.m. Central Time on the 
Sons of History page does a really um, thorough discussion on various topics. Um, and I do a Thursday night uh, live show on Instagram Live. Um, so that is on Thursday nights at 9 p.m. Central Time. And I usually have guests on the show. This past week, I had uh, the creator and founder of the Tuttle Twins books. Uh, the week before, I had Miss Arizona. And then the week before, I had uh, Morgan Zeggers, who's the founder of Young Americans Against Socialism. So uh, this week, I have a special guest who we've actually had on the podcast before, Mr. John uh, McCaskill, who is out in Washington, D.C. We're going to be talking about the whole statues situation. But yeah, we keep in, staying busy. We have a YouTube channel as well. You can go check out some of our videos. We did a thorough discussion on um, the American Revolutionary War, uh, signing of Declaration of Independence, what led to that and all that stuff. So, so we put together a ton. We continue. We're content creators, more or less. So we're continuing putting out stuff. So, well, I'll make sure I link everything in the description. And I thank you guys for both coming on here, taking time out of your day to do the podcast, doing two episodes that's going to be mashed into one. Thank you. Thank you to the listeners for dealing with Alan's audio quality. Um, and garbage. Stay tuned for another episode out of the blank podcast.